Well, howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with people who have gone around the sun another time, and Adrian trying to think of another rhyme. I just said my name, so you know who I am. And my co-host is Paul. As always, we're gonna get big factin'. We're gonna get no capping. All right, all right, how do you want to start the pod? How I always start the pod before you take it out because you don't want people to know how smart and philosophical I am with a quote from a famous philosopher from history. This Not one of those uh, other types of famous philosophers? Yeah, like a modern famous philosopher. Uh, this week I brought in Camus. Um, and uh, he said, uh, he said, what is that? That guy over there on the beach? What is he? The stranger? I think that's one of his quotes. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his name. Camus? Camus? Oh, I have no idea. I don't even know philosophy like that, bro. Well, he wrote The Stranger. I think you didn't get the joke I made, but I don't think there's a line. I thought you were talking about that thing where you sit on your arm so that it goes numb and then you <laughs> jack yourself off. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, why do you bring this podcast into such nasty territory all the time? How is that me? How is that you me? Were the one, you were the one who brought it up. You were literally, like, raising your eyebrows when you said it. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> clearly what I meant. Adrian is so dirty that every word that comes out of my mouth, he's like, that double entendre was, entendre was nasty. He just called a Latino person dirty. That's, uh... Like, Adrian, wait, let me take Coming a, back from that one. Real quick, let me get a, a sip of coffee, and you're like, that double entendre is nasty. I know what you mean. <laughs> Not my fault, I know that you're a dirty little dog. Do you ever feel like, you know that meme where it's the guy in the corner of the party and he's like, they don't even know that blank? Yeah. Do you ever go to a party and you're in the corner like, they don't even know I'm a dirty little dog? <laughs> yeah, well, I am masturbating in that corner, so I think they knew that. Nasty, see? What's the double entendre for that one? Uh, Clearly, I'm very annoying at parties, so I meant intellectual masturbation. I'm having a very annoying conversation about Camus. Hmm. You know... In an intellectual I'm space. I'm going to say it as much as I can this episode, so if I am wrong, it's going to be extra humiliating. Camus. No, you're just going to edit it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is one of my favorite intellectual assaults on somebody to be like, to read a paper and just be like, I found it masturbatory, <laughs> which I have said in like a seminar before. And that's like, I don't know. I feel like that's like a one, one hit KO punch to something in academia. Yeah. I think it's because it was someone writing a review where they just kept citing their own work. Yeah, it was like kind of when I read that one paper on uh, on the evolution of uh, fava beans and how you can actually encourage them to go through more like uh, evolutionary steps quickly if you like give them a nice hit. And the and the writers of this article were creating that pressure on the fava bean by flicking it, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I was I wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> I think I think the writers of this article were really flicking the beat. I found it quite masturbatory. <laughs> Why are you so nasty? <laughs> this is supposed to be a family podcast. That was the original concept. We we mm -hmm. we, we wanted it to be like uh like NPR's like uh, Friday Science Hour, like something the whole family could sit down and listen to together. 
Oh, I meant that we were going to get married and adopt children and be like a Partridge Family style band where <laughs> it's just us on a podcast all together. I don't know that reference. Could you say like a Jonas Brothers style thing? I, I would get that one a lot better. Yeah, but their parents aren't involved in that one. Or the youngest. Partridge Jonas Family brother. was the whole family. Yeah, or the youngest one. I, I Ooh, but the one that has diabetes is uh oh go ahead is in it. The one who has diabetes is in it. Oh, nice. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have any POC, but at least they have that representation. Uh, I recently saw an article. I didn't read it, but it was something about like how the youngest Jonas brother is going out to define himself. That is funny. I do wonder what the youngest brother is uh, is up to these days. Honestly, if I was their parents, I would definitely. If I was their mom, I would definitely tour under the moniker Jonas Mother. Ooh. Is that one of those names that's so unique that I just haven't met someone else who happens to have that last name, or am I just missing out on life? What What is their last name? Oh, Jonas, obviously. Jo- <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought it was all of their first names. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the fourth one couldn't be a part of it. Literally, that's what ran through my head. I was like, Jonas is a first name, so I wonder what their last name is. And then I was like, wait, no, <laughs> they wouldn't, <laughs> there wouldn't be one of them, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ooh. <laughs> can we, can we bring this back to Camus? I would say, to be fair, you're too busy reading him to be <laughs> obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. Can you name all three Jonas Brothers? Nick? Uh, uh, to be fair, I did recently watch a Danny Gonzalez video on Camp Rock. Uh, okay, well, that's Nick, not fair. And that I still don't know the other two. Well, you know the diabetic ones, that's cool. He's the one in that movie who I think is played for laughs that he's so dumb is his character. He's the youngest one, too, at least the one that's in the band. Did you know that one of the Hyam sisters is also diabetic? It seems like every time there's three siblings who form a band, one of them has to be diabetic. I, we have two data points, which is enough for us to that's a line. publish a masturbatory <laughs> article on it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you doing anything fun this week? Yeah, it was Izzy's birthday, so I took her on a birthday hike. Go, Izzy. It's your birthday. Two weeks ago, when you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. Well, she does a birthday month, right? And then we... She she is one of those. And then we got some uh, New Orleans-style food. We went to Cajun Queen. The one place I always asked Paul to take me, and he never did. Man, it's a place where you need a reservation. Sorry we can't just walk into Cajun Queen. Take me to the Crunkleton, but you won't take me to Cajun Queen. Hey, Adrian, it's because, to me, you're a king. So I should take you to be with your queen. That doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. Damn. Yeah. You took your queen to see another queen. Well, I did use the line, you're my Cajun queen, especially because she is half Cajun. She's a quarter Cajun through her grandfather? (laughs) She's a quarter Cajun through her (laughs) grandfather. Hmm. She's like the Powerpuff Girls, but when he was putting the spice in for that mixture, he put a little bit of Cajun, he put a little bit. Of... Ooh, we put a little bit of Tony Satcher in there. Tony Satcher in there. What's the difference between Cajun and Creole? Are they not the same thing? No, they're different. That's why they're two different words. Yeah, which is why spaghetti and pasta are two different words, even though everybody knows they're the same thing. They're not one encompasses the other. Man, I don't know what point I was trying to make. You're right. You're I know. Right. You were go- Actually, I was just going to say that I use that all the time as an argument, even though I know it's not technically true. <laughs> like, we definitely do have the same word for some, some <laughs> things in multiples. <laughs> we really came up with backups for some of these. 
Uh, yeah, but Izzy's birthday was fun. What else did I do this week? Not much, man. Uh, I can't even... I don't have the a movie, movie roundup either. There, I did have some movie nights, but nothing I need to talk about on pod. Nothing new and exciting. Hmm. You're going to do that thing where you say you don't have a media roundup at top, and then, like, halfway through the episode, you're going to bring something in because you're reminded of it? Yeah, probably. All right. What did I do this weekend? Nothing interesting. I got some good work done. I uh, was going to send you some graphs that I made, but I realized I'm going to have to remake them probably, so I want to send you the more finalized versions. When you said, what did I do this weekend, nothing interesting, I'm just imagining Marshall sitting there looking sad, thinking about that big fishing trip you two went on. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing I remembered about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I did hang out with little baby boy Marshall on Friday. We played some pickup soccer, and then me, him, and Pinock went to go get a beer afterwards. Pretty classic lad stuff for a Friday. Classic dads and lads story. Yeah, dads, lads, and grads. Grads and lads? Okay, that's that's fire, though. You need to have a grads and lads night. Ooh, that would be cool. Um, Wait, that feels exclusionary. You guys might get in trouble on some Title Nine shit. No, that's where I do that thing where I say, technically, it's like the word dude. I don't think it's gendered, and so people get offended. <laughs> if trans people get offended by me calling them dude, that's them being a little snowflake. Oh, okay. The story I was going to bring up about lads is that we had an Australian postdoc where apparently at some point his friends from Australia came to visit. Uh, and so someone in our lab was talking about like him being like kind of broish, And I was like, I don't think so. He's always been just like a really sweet dude every time I hang out with him. And she was like, yeah, but you haven't seen him when he's out with his lads. <laughs> he's a different animal when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that rocks. Lad is such a great word. Yeah. Yeah, the Brits and the, uh, and the Australians really get to have that one. Is there a... Uh... A word for women in NBs that kind of rhymes with lads, so it could be lads, grads, and flags. Mm. I think flags are sluts. So yeah, that's not a that's not good. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely get the gays in there if they would just man up and reclaim the F slur. I mean, if you if you rewatch Old Will and Grace, they really tried to reclaim that. There's a lot of that in that show. Oh, really? It just didn't stick. Yeah. That was like a on network television thing. too. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, they were really trying to bring it back. They even used the Spanish version of it at one point. <laughs> they really tried to make it. They really tried to make it stick. Hags has also a negative connotation. Have a great summer. Let's. What were we even talking about? <laughs> uh, your media roundup. Oh, we we're talking about. Yeah, my media roundup. Um, do you remember the song "Get Busy" by Sean Paul? I remember a lot of Sean Paul songs because I weirdly liked him growing up, but I don't like. Can you give me a hook? Get busy. Um, I watched like a 15 minute YouTube documentary on it that was actually pretty interesting. I didn't realize that uh, where Sean Paul comes from in Jamaica, he's from Uptown, which is considered the privileged part of Jamaica. And so people in Jamaica were very against him as a as a rising star there because they figured they considered him to be part of the upper class invasion of their domain and their uh, uh subculture but do you think we as americans really get to comment on that well this youtube documentary certainly did <laughs> it's actually just a very small part of the documentary in general it's just a very interesting kind of like telling of that story of how that ended up blowing up in a weird way there is cool stuff with uh i think how you got famous before the internet often was a more crazy story than nowadays where it's like yeah, I made one good song that had a 30-second snippet that went viral on TikTok. On TikTok, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, back oh, then, Oh, dude, the temperature would have gone crazy on TikTok back in the day. 
<laughs> I got the right temperature. <laughs> oh my god. Is That's that not goes, a sound dude. on TikTok yet that's like blown up? I don't think the kids know about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> should we make up a joke for that? What what could we, we do to I got the right temperature? <laughs> oh, it's uh, getting out of something for having COVID and having a positive COVID test with a fever. <laughs> You're like, oh, I really don't want to go to my cousin's wedding next week. And then the person's looking at their COVID test and that's they're showing the COVID flight. test in a thermometer. They're just doing it. They're just dancing the temperature. <laughs> What's that? What is that one line of the song that's like, I want to be the papa and you can be oh, the mom. you can mom. be the mom. Oh, Uh-oh. oh. That, that's mm-hmm. got to, why is that not part of baby reveal TikToks? <laughs> oh, that's true. Dude, the other thing about Sean Paul is that I heard him for the first time when I was visiting my cousins in Maryland, because I think it blew up there before it did down in South CAC. <laughs> uh, and so it was, was not the only... trajectory of it through the country in Maryland <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a hurricane's trajectory. Like, you could see where it was moving through based on the current uh, wind patterns. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, just a stark memory of, like, being in a foreign place. Not a foreign place, but being in a new place and then hearing this, like, song for the first time and being like, yo, people here are crazy. This music's crazy. You talk about going to Maryland, like, being an anthropologist in, <laughs> in Papua hey, New Hey, yo, if you've, if you've seen The Wire, you know Baltimore's crazy, bro. <laughs> I was visiting Amsterdam and shit. Oh, yeah. That's the only real thing I had. There's a, a the first uh, currently active international soccer player to come out happened this week. Uh, it's uh, Jacob Yanto. Uh, he used to play in Italy. That's why I knew him. Uh, he plays in the Czech Republic now. Uh, the only comment I have on it, you know, good for him. But man, just the number of like threads online where people are like, when is it going to stop being a story that somebody's gay? <laughs> and it's like, well, when it stops being something you have to be afraid to do. Also, you said he was the first. I think if he's the first, it can still be a story. First active, yeah. <laughs> when is it going to stop being a story? There was a uh, number zero, and I was like, okay, I'm proud of him. And then there was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, nobody else. <laughs> like, what are these people? For? Like, I don't know. That makes. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember in uh, in high school? I remember it so starkly. Senior year of high school for us. So it was 2013, 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. 2013. There was a NFL draft, and a guy kissed his boyfriend when he got like picked mm. for the NFL draft. A uh, a gay college football player, and I remember so many people being like, "You know, I just the, the dumbest take in the world," which is like, wh- "I don't mind that he's gay. It's just like, why is he showing it to me?" And it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's like the oldest conservative argument. It's, it's like, that and think of the children. Wait, what are you talking about? The only reason it's a story is because he's gay. Like, if he was a, kissing his <laughs> girlfriend, every other star kisses his girlfriend. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I what It was the, uh, wait, let me restate that. The, the I don't know. I thought the was, twist was going to be that it was the first woman drafted to the NFL. <laughs> and so it was just another straight couple. <laughs> um, the, the twist, or the, sorry, the, uh, the complaint was, I I would I wouldn't like it if he kissed his girlfriend. It's just gross to have to see somebody like mm. do that on TV. And I'm like, oh, tons yeah. of people kiss their girlfriends. You're obviously it's a story, and you're upset about it because they're man. What a fake complaint! Because I've never heard you complain about mm-hmm. seeing somebody kiss their girl, a guy kiss their girlfriend. I remember exactly what Fred said that to me, and I was like, I can so quickly see the flaw in your logic. Call like, them are you out. that stupid? Call them out. Was it no? Uh, Oh, God, that is so true. That is so him. 
I was like, I can so clearly see the flaw in your logic of like, I've never heard you complain about a guy kissing their girlfriend. <laughs> and you're like, I wouldn't, I don't care that he's gay. I just, why would, why do I have to see, I just wouldn't want to see anybody k- kiss anybody at the NFL draft. And it's like, do, would you care? Have you ever complained before about a kiss at an NFL draft? And almost sounds like that's certainly what his parents said about it. And that was who was like, that's the opinion I'm supposed to have. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't, I doubt his parents were that interested in seeming tolerant. All right. Any, anything else, Paul? Do you want to get into the theme? Uh, yeah, let's get into the theme. The theme today is birthdays. How have we not done this one before? I and know. why are we doing it for Izzy's birthday? <laughs> the most important birthday in our lives. <laughs> I guess my mom's is coming up pretty soon. Ooh. Paul, do you have that thing in your family where you guys are like all sequential in your birthdays or you guys like all spread out? What do you mean by sequential? A uh, sort of. I'm a little bit of an outlier, and my yeah, mom is. I mean, because my mom's February, my dad's March, my sister and brother are both May, and mine's in April. No, because so we kind of have a birthday block. No, because it's like February two in March, then May, and then June. Okay, a little skipper Rooney. So it's like a little sequential. No winter but- birthdays for either of our family. What? Yeah, no. Does that mean our ba- our parents were banging at the same time? Okay, yeah. Anything anything about your birthday that you want to talk about? How do you feel about your birthday? Do you wish you had a different birthday? I didn't have a school birthday, so I never got any special school mm-hmm. treats, but mm-hmm. I did have a summer birthday, which meant I got to do a pool party, which I always loved. Ooh, you love showing off your hot little summer bod. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Adrian? What? I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to sexualize little Paul. <laughs> are you? Yeah. <laughs> also, yes. I kept it tight. Um, <laughs> I kept it tight back then. <laughs> I kept it tight. I really let myself go every winter, but back in spring, I was cutting heavy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was your best birthday? I don't remember what age it was. I want to say it It was before double digits. At Chuck E. Cheese, a birthday party for me, and the gift was a Nintendo 64. Oh. So I don't know if that ages us, but that was like perf birthday. It's what you guys, a PS5. Imagine like that, but like a little bit older. Are birthdays ever like a marking of age for you because for me i never really think about like i don't know being a year older i get that it's like now you think of yourself as that year older but it is like obviously a continuous process aging like there's no actual like discrete moment at that all point. right sheldon we get it hey i'm young sheldon but uh hey <laughs> they call me young sheldon basically <laughs> it's just one revolution around the sun on the earth <laughs> <laughs> On this spaceship, we call her. <laughs> I don't know. For whatever reason, I think because... I mean, I was I looked forward to my 21st quite a bit. Yeah. That was the last one that I really counted, though. Like, literally, I think people in the last few years have, like, asked me how old I am. And I either get it wrong or I just tell them I don't keep up anymore. I also sometimes have trouble remembering it. That's what I'm getting at. It doesn't... Mm-hmm. It doesn't clock in for me in that sort of way where it gives me any sort of, like, dread to have the different number. For some people, it mm-hmm. does, and I was wondering if that had an effect on you. Oh, uh, did you did you really like turning 18? Were you really excited to participate in bourgeois electoralism? Uh, no. <laughs> Wait, did you turn 18 in time to vote for, uh... Obama number two, Obama? I did not. Obama? <laughs> for Obama? I did not. And I'm uh, glad I can, keep, I can save that from my consciousness of having mm. Obama on on my uh, voting list 
That was a really funny thing is when we were playing soccer, there was a guy who biked over and like was talking to one of the people on the field and we were like, are we in trouble? Like, is he like, why are they talking so seriously? And the guy comes over and he's like, oh yeah, that guy was just saying that uh, he's doing some research on this field and he's going to be flying a drone around. So he wanted to let us know that not to be worried about it. And Marshall was like, well, as long as we're not near like a Syrian hospital or like a children's <laughs> hospital or anything, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and I was like, that's Obama for you. He'll Obama you. <laughs> With Obama, you're guaranteed one thing and one thing only. He's gonna Obama. <laughs> only three things in life: death, taxes, and getting Obama. <laughs> Obama. Um, I wait. You're younger than me, right? So I I, I didn't uh, turn 18 early enough to vote for Obama. So I should have known that you didn't. I don't know why I thought you were like one of those 94 kids. I see you have the energy of a 94 kid. I was gonna say I see why you realize I'm younger than you. I am much more spry and energetic. That has always been our dynamic. That is, that is very true. You've always been like a sage, wise old owl, and I've been like the young guy who's like running around annoying you. I always make noises when I get up out of a chair, and you're always like, cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> do you do a lot for your birthday now? No, I'm not like a real birthday bitch. I'm not either, and I've had people get angry for me not being too big on celebrating my own birthday, which seems dumb. It's mostly insane white women. I think a nice cake is really what I look forward to on my birthday, you know? I want, mm, I want. You're not one of those guys that's like, you know, I actually don't really like cake much. I do a uh, birthday pie. <laughs> you know, I don't nice really. strawberry rhubarb. You know, I don't really like cake that much. I do a birthday apple. <laughs> More of a savory guy. I usually do just a handful of bugles. <laughs> you know, I, I really care about hitting my macros, getting that protein in without being unhealthy. I like to do a birthday chicken breast. Mm, with some broccoli and some brown rice on the side. Um, okay, I think now I'm content if you want to move into articles. Sure thing. All right. This is a classic from Dear Abby, uh, from Abigail Van Buren. This is from July 11th, 2019, right near Paul's birthday. Um, so this one is... Friendship ends after birthday party joke goes wildly wrong. Dear Abby, I recently attended a friend's party that was being given to celebrate their son's 18th birthday. I thought it would be cheeky and fun to buy him a risque card from an adult boutique, thinking everyone would get a good laugh, and we'd have something to roast the young man with. When he opened the card, he had this look of horror on his face, ran out of the room all teary-eyed, and went directly to his bedroom. His mother picked up the card and immediately asked me to leave. I was really embarrassed, but unsure about the reason. I gave them a week or so to cool off. I called back, only to be informed by the mother that I had violated her son's sanctity of sexual orientation because he identifies as they, as a they-them style person, and prefers androgynous boys to women. She went on to explain that as a result of my indiscriminate sexism, I'm no longer allowed around the family. I feel I should have been informed of the child's orientation being such an important aspect of his, or rather their, identity, and tried to explain that it was an honest mistake and would never happen again. My friends said the damage was done, and they cannot forgive the kind of arrogance and blatant disrespect for their gender, by the way, their every single time is in quotes, uh, their gender identity and sexual orientation. Was I insensitive for not asking first, or should, or should the parents have taken the initiative to inform me so I wouldn't have made such an egregious error? In what I assume was a well-rounded friendship. Any advice would be great. Wanting to scream in Eugene. I mean, the subtlety of this question is that they're really framing it like that. 
like they didn't have the information, but you can tell that they specifically say they didn't tell me how big a deal it was. So it feels like, oh, they did tell me that they're non-binary. They just, I decided to ignore that and then was like, when I did something rude, decided to pretend that I didn't understand that it was a big deal. I mean, I could start with what mom is inviting their friends over for your 18th birthday. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, sometimes when you have like a kid's birthday, like, you know, you for an 18th birthday. You're right. That is a little odd. It is odd for them to be the one giving gifts. Like I could see them being like, come over too, so that we could drink while all the like teenagers are yeah. having their party. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be making carne asada and yellow rice. So, you know, come over and bring some Modellos or whatever. But I don't know. Do you think that's super, super odd? That was the first thing that stuck out to me, but maybe not. Depends on, you know, different cultural factors. Do you think it would have been better if this friend was an androgynous male? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, is the question asker male or female? I don't know if I caught that. Question asker, I think it's female. Identify or as maybe female. Or maybe they are an androgynous NP person, and they just didn't mention it. That'd be a hell of a thing to leave out. You know they <laughs> use that as part of their defense. <laughs> Because I think a risque card from an adult boutique is is that got to be a guy's idea. If it comes from the yeah, it's got to be a guy's idea. Really, There's you don't no think it's kind of like a you don't think it's like a cougar mom type thing to do? <laughs> oh, maybe it just seems like such a dumb guy's idea. Also, it seems like he was just picking up some porn DVDs from the porn shop. Like, Actually, you're kind of right. This does scream more uh, male thing to do. And 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 he was like, okay, well, while I'm here, I might as well pick up the card for the, pick up a card yeah. for this shit kid. He doesn't know about internet porn yet, so he still buys porn from sex shops. It's one of those like 3D cards where the boobies come out, the bazongas come out once you open the card. So you got the same reading as me, right? That they probably did something. They probably did know that the child was non-binary, or I guess not child anymore. They're turning eighteen, but the their child, their friend's child, was non-binary. And chose to ignore that and be like, well, you didn't tell me they were, like, actually really into being non-binary. I thought it was, like, not a big deal. You know, I didn't get that reading, but based on the language that they're using, it feels like it was written by a lawyer to avoid saying that this has already been communicated to me. <laughs> That's how I felt, too, because it, was, it wasn't that they hadn't told me that they were non-binary. It was that they didn't tell me how big a deal it was. <laughs> Such specific language. All right, so we're an advice podcast. Let me give this person some advice. Is that what we are? <laughs> <laughs> I have an Italian friend who listens. He didn't even know we were a comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go envy to salvage your friendship. Oh, do the, the uh, what was it? Um, uh, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Where you try and come out to, like, <laughs> overshadow your, uh, your, your sexual assaults. Yeah. Yep. Come out as non-binary. Yeah. And then start prepping for their 19th birthday. <laughs> this card is gonna be disgusting. <laughs> this card is gonna be filthy, bro. <laughs> the next card, you wouldn't believe. Do you think, do you think the, uh, the, the, the... Uh, child is overreacting and I mean child is in just relationship not like uh, obviously they're 18 now or whatever <laughs> like but how we both struggled <laughs> 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 uh, I mean 
No, in the sense that you brought up this point when we were talking before the podcast started, that everybody's allowed to react however they are going to react to something. Like, mm. that's an internal thing, and if they were really hurt by it, they were really hurt by it. Yes, in the sense of if you're a trans person in this world, you're going to have a real tough time if you need to run to your room and lock the door every time you're misgendered. There is an element of, like, mm. also for your own sanity, you have to learn to... Toughen do. up, kiddo. You have to learn to at least... I mean, everybody wants to have a good birthday. If you want to have a good birthday, I guess you could have asked your mom to make the adult, that person leave, but you should have probably kept having a good birthday, you know? I mean, I think their mom did a really good job of standing up for their kid. For your own sanity and not letting it get to you, but I guess that does sound mean. It does sound a little bit like toughen up, kiddo. Mm-hmm. Hey, but I'm that type of hard-ass dad, Adrian. Oof. Uncle Mouse gets real gets real angry when he comes dad mouse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I totally agree with that. You would tell your kid you should run to your room and cry every time somebody misgenders you? Yeah, that's the only other option. <laughs> that's a good straw man. <laughs> Another argument won. <laughs> I have nowhere to run to. I'm already in my room. <laughs> I can't run anywhere. Uh, how do you how do you feel about um, misgendering someone at the beginning of a piece of writing so that you can have the twist later of them being non-binary in the story? I think that's a cool way to do it. Also, a way that definitely doesn't prove that the person who wrote this in already made up their mind about uh, somebody's gender not being a big deal. Well, you do really have to see it through their eyes, and you know that's that's how they saw it. Ooh, but they must be colorblind because I know this person doesn't see color or gender. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just blind. What do you think was in that card? Just like, <laughs> what sort of dirty ass card do you get for somebody that like offends a whole family? I mean, there's no telling how much the parents actually care about the card itself. Versus like, they just are standing the up for their child. Yeah. Do you think it was outright pornographic? Like, It's a risque card. Risque is, you know, that could be anything from like an ankle showing to... Yeah, I, I was thinking it was like more like a old timey like cartoon of two people having mm-hmm. sex, but like, what if we did just get like a straight up like pornographic photo on a card? Mm-hmm. I mean, they really believed in the card. They thought it'd be something that they'd all <laughs> jointly get together to roast <laughs> them about. This card was meant to bring us together, and now it's torn <laughs> and us now apart. You, that's the issue: is division. <laughs> This card was supposed to be a beautiful thing that brought this family and me together. Where we all get to make fun of you. (laughs) (laughs) There's something so funny about this story. It just rocks so much. Yeah. You ever ruin a birthday like this? Yeah, usually. That makes sense. Usually you end up getting too drunk and crying and making it about you. What about my birthday? (laughs) (laughs) What about my birthday, Paul? That's not for another five months. Yeah, but but still. (laughs) What is that Hari Kondo Bolu joke where the the, the analogy he makes in the joke is like, that's like when a white woman gets mad. It's like, why are you celebrating her birthday? My birthday's in a few months. Why isn't everyone thinking about my birthday? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound like a Hari Kondo Bolu joke. Seems a little too offensive. (laughs) Not your birthday, Vanessa. (laughs) Oh, it was a, it was, as you can imagine, I mean, you could almost probably backtrack it if I gave you enough time, but it was a all lives matter joke. 
Yeah, so clearly it's some... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my life matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is everyone celebrating their birth... That person's birthday? I have a birthday, too. <laughs> well, I, I've always said, Adrian, I've always said, any problem created by a birthday card can be solved by a birthday card. Mm. Go to go to CVS, go to the card aisle, go to the... It's a very new section, very... uh pushed by their new Gen Z uh, executive team. They now have the sorry I misgendered you card section. There's a lot of funny, That should be a thing. There's a lot of funny goofs and gaffs all over those cards. Uh, there's a, like a Garfield one where he's like, the one thing I hate is Mondays, and the only other thing I hate is misgendering me. Mm, Garfield? Yeah, they didn't put their best writers on it. Anyway. <laughs> Bob, when was the last time you misgendered somebody? <laughs> Earlier this week, man. <laughs> Earlier in this column. You called the child uh, him. I'm sorry. I don't. I really don't mean it. I'm That's sorry. Hard. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I remember one time when, uh, in middle school, the, uh, we didn't have the term misgendered yet, but the the substitute misgendered Sean Sprott as she, her. Oh, really? Yeah. That happened to Julian Ferris, too. I guess because he had long hair. Same with Sean. It was a real epidemic. Did Sean had long hair? He did back then. Oh, I don't think I ever saw him like that. Yeah. Well, it was like, by long, I mean like like Justin Bieber type long. Like, it came down to here. That's not Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber's a swoop. Uh, but, you know, like, more like Zack and Cody era, like, the guys who let, like, the bangs go a little bit super low. I also got misgendered when I, uh, uh, grew up my hair in, like, eighth grade. It's an epidemic. It's an epidemic of these old southern substitutes just calling anybody with mm-hmm. hair over one inch. <laughs> Young ma'am. Um, did you ever, uh, do that thing as a kid where, so this was, uh, I distinctly remember this and I don't know why I wasn't woke at this point. I was, uh, like seven and we were going to a soccer game and obviously I was riding with my neighbor in the car. My mom was taking us all to our soccer game. We step out and this person who's a teenager, so maybe like 16 to 18, who's playing in the game before us, uh, is on the, is, uh, like on the side of the field and my neighbor goes up and asks if they're a boy or a girl. Like, just straight up is just like, are you a boy or a girl? I can't tell. I do remember that, yeah. That used to be a common question. Yeah? You'd, you'd ask a lot of people that? No, not me. I've always been a woke kink. Cut out cut out the part where we talk about me misgendering people. I do feel bad that it happens. Hey, you know what happens. My last one was in a written statement. I accidentally uh, mentioned someone and uh, misused their pronouns. Um, okay, do you want to read the answer? Yeah, let's let's hear this answer. Do you have any advice? I said, I don't know. I think I want to let Abby take this one. Okay. I think one lesson to be learned here is that some people are not comfortable with sexual humor. Another is is that it is a mistake to assume that everyone is straight or cisgender. I'm sorry that the young person was embarrassed. Young person, that's what we should have been saying. (laughs) (laughs) Your apology should have been directed at them, not to their mother. But since, oh, you know what? That is a big oversight in our analysis of the situation. (laughs) Well, uh, I guess you're friends with the mother and the I, father. I, I, you do have to call the mother first. Whether I get that you could also then have to apologize to their kid, but like obviously you talk to your friend first. Uh, but since the mother has now decreed you persona non grata, you will have to accept it. It's unfortunate. The family overreact. The family overreacted. 
What could have been handled as a simple, teachable moment was blown out of proportion. Ooh, wow, I don't like that. She's taking your, uh, your side of things. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. No, I said that they... Come on. You were the one that was like, hey, you already knew they were non-binary. You should have squeezed their ass and gone, hey, what's up, toots? That is true. I wish I hadn't said that. But you did cut it out, so we're good. I mean, short advice from Abby. I don't know why she gets paid so much to do this. Uh, I thought it was good in the first half. Lost it in the second half. All right, you want to jump in? Get out of here with your Oprah-ass teachable moments. <laughs> you want to get into uh, my call? Yeah, let me go get the hard seltzer that I have in the fridge real quick. Ooh, okay, I'll make, go make a drink, too. All right, Adrian, I got our Dear Prudy column for us today. Ooh, we're going straight classics this episode. Help. My father-in-law just blindsided me with a wildly sexist demand. Hmm, it just had to do about birthdays. You'll see. It's actually pretty straightforward. Dear Prudence, my family and my husbands have very different gift-giving preferences and expectations. So we agreed from the start of our relationship that we would each take care of the gifts for our own families as needed and appropriate, marking the gifts from both of us or all of us now that there's kids. Well, my mother-in-law's birthday was last week. My husband got her a card that he wrote a nice note in and some of her favorite candies and then asked me if I could make a batch of the cupcakes that she really likes. I love baking and he gave me plenty of notice and bought all the ingredients for me, so no problem there. He had asked her what she wanted, and she told him just spending time together would be perfect. The day before her birthday, we took the kids to their house and hung out for most of the day. As we left, my father-in-law pulled me aside and asked if we would be bringing her gift over the next day. I said we'd brought everything with us and wouldn't be coming over since it was a work day and already chaotic. He asked what we'd gotten her, and I said she told my husband... She just wanted to spend the day together, and we brought the cupcakes, candies, and a card. He was upset we hadn't gotten her a real gift, and I said he should talk to my husband about it since he took care of it, and in any case, my mother-in-law seemed happy. Father-in-law said getting gifts was my responsibility as the wife-mother of the family. Whoa. And that he That's would tell- a spicy meatball. <laughs> and that he would tell my mother-in-law her gift had been delayed in shipping but I should have something for her the following weekend. I know my father-in-law was a bit old-fashioned, read sexist, in his rigidity to gender roles, but this is the first is time it's made Is that a book recommendation? Sure. What? Is that a book recommendation? No, no, like they're saying read the phrase old-fashioned as sexist. Read- I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was like, really, Adrian? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but not everybody knows the same stuff. I'm not going to judge. Mm-hmm. How fake does it sound when I use the phrase, I'm not going to judge? <laughs> it sounds pretty fake. It's like, I know that's like your favorite thing to do. <laughs> but this is the first time it's come. it's majorly come out towards me. My husband is not like this at all, and I probably wouldn't have stayed in a relationship with him if you were. Should I handle this myself with my father-in-law or enlist my husband? Normally, I'd say his family, his responsibility. But considering it's around sexist expectations, I feel like me handling it directly might be most appropriate. Hmm. That's a spicy meatball. That's a spicy birthday meatball. Um, what I was going to say, I was going to ask you off top if you had any stories about, like, signing the card for a gift but not getting a gift for someone, like, last minute. What do you mean? Like, where somebody else gets a gift, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to bring this up again, but it's a classic Will and Grace episode where Will finally gets fed up with buying gifts for people and Grace just signs her name on the card. 
Classic Will and Grace episode. I think I've been there, but I can't really remember any sort of instance that... I do it a lot for parental gifts, because usually Dorley has better ideas than I do, and also shipping and all that stuff. If we all tried to ship something, it'd be really expensive, so, you know, just one gift that we all kind of help pay for. I don't think I've ever just signed my name onto something. I have always, like, thrown in money for it. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you have to. That would be really rude to be like, you pay, you think of it, you plan and get it, mm -hmm. and I'll just get credit. Mm-hmm. I think I might have done that before once, though. <laughs> I don't know if I remember the story, but I feel like I've done that before once. But it's been one of those things where Dorley and I ebb and flow with, like, whether or not we have money to buy things. So it's like, sometimes she'll take one, sometimes I'll take one. It is very funny when somebody signs a card or gift and they include their kid's name who's, like, a baby. And it's like, mm -hmm. I know that baby didn't do damn shit to get me this gift. You, you don't think they faked it where they, they did the backwards S in a way that was, like, obviously <laughs> faked? No, I think that's exactly what they did. That's why I'm pissed. Mm. I'm like, I know this kid can't write. Mm -hmm. This one-year-old helped plan for you to get me this pair of they headphones. Picked out, they picked out a DVD box set of The Sopranos season four. <laughs> <laughs> this baby hasn't even watched The Sopranos. This baby doesn't know shit about Gabagool. I can see it in his face. He doesn't have, like, the <laughs> wisdom. He couldn't even tell you his elbow from a back of Gabagool. <laughs> This baby's watching Coco Melon. You think he could understand the intricacies of a story that deep? That About them complex? all being surprised that someone's gay in their crew? <laughs> nah. Not buying it. Not buying it. Just like that baby didn't buy it. Come on now. Good way to, good way to wrap it up. So what do you think of this family? I It is very uncomfortable when you're talking. Like, that he approached you as the wife and not his son yeah that's that's bitch made that's bitch made mm -hmm. also why is he talking to you your husband owns you come on you're his property you should talk to your husband Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know it's one of those things where what was her question was it how to deal with the father-in-law or was it how to like deal with the mother-in-law based on it was this? how to deal because the mother-in-law seems like she might actually genuinely yeah be she okay was fine right it. yeah yeah so I mean, who knows? There's a slim chance that she like elbowed her husband and was like, "Our kid, you know, our son." As the man of the family, it's your job to complain to women. <laughs> it's your job <laughs> to be a bitchy to our daughter-in-law about this. Which is, it's a nice twist because usually it's insane mm -hmm. mother-in-laws. I like that this is like a sweet mother-in-law. No, I think this is a pretty common trope too, though. The like old-fashioned dad. I don't. I've, I've asked you this before, right? Have you ever dated people where you met their parents and like their parents were just really hard to get along with? Not in this sort of way, no. Okay. No, I've I've, I've definitely had uh, partners with like odd parents, but nothing mm -hmm. where, <laughs> nothing where it was like this. They weren't really critiquing me. Oh, that's true. Well, you're perfect. I mean, it would be hard to come up with a critique for me. No, I think if anything, it'd be that you don't know you're beautiful, and that's, and that's what what makes you beautiful. Mm. You don't know. Oh, oh, that's what makes you beautiful. No cap. Damn, just made you look like a goddamn fool. Hey, it's my half. I can cut it out. Let's go, baby. No, I'm leaving in Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> should I just leave that in as a reference? Wait, no, <laughs> you should like... cut it out, but we should leave in every yeah, instance just of us saying, talking yeah. about the <laughs> offensive Megan, Megan Thee Stallion bit. So everybody gets to wonder what could have happened around Megan Thee Stallion. I think that's one where it's going to be worse that people ponder it. What could he possibly have said about Megan the Stallion? About our queen. 
Honestly, I would let him do the, uh, your gift is in the mail and just is coming late and just not buy anything. <laughs> her rating on it is that as a strong feminist, she has to handle it without asking her husband because I would 100% be excited to be able to, like, push off this responsibility onto somebody else. It's funny that she oh, yeah. thinks it's, like, an interesting dynamic that she has to be the one to take it on. I'd be, well, mm. give it to your husband. He knows his parents. Mm hmm. He knows whether. His dad is angry or being unreasonable, or if it's his mom prodding his dad to do it. Like, he knows the dynamics at play. Let him handle it. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to talk to them. And maybe the thing is, he just has to get his mom, like, a small little token gift because that's just what they expect. Uh, and it's just the best way to smooth things over. Like, sometimes you're allowed to let people be unreasonable. But, like, obviously you as the wife don't go mm. do it now because that would be giving into the sexism. But let your... Husband handle it however he's You should get the wife best. the feminine mystique. You should get her a book. Ooh, uh, I actually really like that. Mm-hmm. You should get her a book on gender ideology. Really Judith off Butler books for every father-in-law. Which is a government program that we're going to get under President Kamala. <laughs> That's what Kamala. we're trying to do, yeah. <laughs> Judith Butler books for every immigrant and Judith Butler books for every father-in-law. <laughs> That's one of uh, Kamala's main tenets to her, uh, to her presidential program. It's uh, Judith Butler books for... If you were a Rhodes Scholar. And you've owned a small business for <laughs> for five years. <laughs> In an underserved community. Are you following this Ohio train disaster at all? Yeah, I'm following it. I can't wait for it to drop its next album. <laughs> all right. Question. <laughs> that, that was the beginning and end of that thread. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to know if you were following it. It just seemed like a real didgeridoozy. I don't, I don't agree with Paul's concede argument. I don't think you should concede ground to unreasonable people. I don't think you should concede, but familial relationships can be tough. So mm. what I was saying is you should give it over to your husband who understands how he wants to navigate his parents. Mm -hmm. You don't think that's you don't think that's your king not standing by his queen? I, I think that that makes sense to me. Plus, it lets you get out of having to actually think about it anymore, which yeah, more than anything, what you're trying to like, do, yeah. this is kind of annoying. Like, it's an annoying extra obligation and responsibility and, like, emotional baggage on your part to have to deal with this sexist dad. Does this change your relationship with the dad going forward? Yeah, because that's the first time he's been, like, super weird and sexist to you. Mm. Do you want to hear Dear Prudy's answer? Yeah, I don't know if I have much to say about this. Uh, the the father-in-law seems like a jerk. Yeah, real jerk. Should kick him in the nards. Feel free to tell her that. Though I worry she's going to be disappointed when nothing arrives. Would be a great response to your father-in-law. But I'm guessing you want something more mature. Absolutely enlist your husband. His family is allowed to have sexist expectations, but he should enthusiastically serve as a buffer between those expectations and you. Okay. He should tell his dad that he received the message through you, that your genitals did not make you not the designated gift lady in your household, and that he will decide whether an additional present is needed, which it surely is not. You baked. That's it. Quick answer. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of a yeah. true point we didn't think of. Baking is a lot more time-consuming. Like, well, he's never baked in his, like, fucking life. He's only ever grilled a steak. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't know. He, he, thinks it, like, he thinks all cupcakes come from the store. Mm -hmm. Spending the time baking for somebody is a much more time-intensive and thoughtful gift than buying, like, a $50 present for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless your friend is diabetic, in which case it's a hate crime. 
ended Adrian's utopia and Adrian's socialist revolution, you would be sentenced to death. Uh, no, it's still nice. That's what my roommate made me when, uh, our, my, when my first birthday in quarantine. She asked me what my favorite type of cookie was, and I didn't really know what to say, so I said red velvet, which I think is a cake and not a cookie, but she made them anyways. Oh, I love macadamia nut cookies. Really? That's your favorite? Yeah. That would be your birthday cookie? <laughs> well, I would never ask for a birthday cookie. Oh. I think if I were to go back, I would maybe do like a uh, chocolate peanut butter with some sea salt or something like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I don't have strong opinions on cookies, so you know. I'd be like, hey, can I get some website cookies? <laughs> Oh, what am I talking to young Sheldon? <laughs> Come on now. Can I get cookie from Empire or Ned's Declassified? Can I get some cookie butter? You know, sometimes you can evolve the joke and progress it forward, <laughs> and sometimes you can just take it like three steps back. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I get that at this half and cut it out. Cut it? What are you, uh, fucking uh, Uncle Joey over here? Come on now. All right, Adrian, are you ready to get into the uh, third segment? Yeah, third segment, third segment. Back to the third part of the episode. I got some uh, feedback that people don't like the third seggy being put up front. Really? Who said that? People. I'll fight him. You're going to fight Phil? He can do a backflip on your bitch ass. <laughs> How old do you think Phil's going to be when he can stop doing, when he's not going to be able to do a backflip anymore? I bet he couldn't do one right now. Oh, I bet he could do a backflip. Okay, how much money do you want to put on this? Mm, 50 and K. 50 what? 50 and an ounce of ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it to the third segment. All right, uh, third seggy. So birthdays. Uh, we're talking we're talking birth signs here. That's how we're bringing birthdays into our third segment. Mm-hmm, I know what you're saying. Very creative, Paul and Adrian. Yes, thank you. Very Gen Z <laughs> of you guys. <laughs> So what we're doing is, you know how a lot of times when you look up like your Myers-Briggs or your birth signs, one of the websites that will always come up is like, who else has that Myers-Briggs or who else has Mm -hmm. that birth Mm -hmm. sign? And so we're like, what celebrities have that birth sign? And is it a good collection of celebrities? Could we take those people and use them to make a hit movie? That was a very good explanation of this third segment. So Paul and Adrian have written their hit movies using only actors and creators who share their birth sign. For me, it's mm-hmm. Gemini. Mm-hmm. For me, it's Aries. All right. So Adrian, uh, first or second, what do you want? Uh, show me what you got. All right. So here's my movie written by, directed by. Oh, yeah. So the structure was a director, someone to do the soundtrack, and five actors. And a writer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, no problem. No problem with no, that. No, we'll do a writer. We'll do a writer. Okay, I'm good. My director was a duo anyways. So my film starring only Geminis. The film opens. The year. 4888. The planet. Alpha mm. 9. Okay, so you went sci with it. Alpha 9 is a fjord-filled volcanic planet with lots of islands, frozen tundras. Imagine a planet that's mostly desolate, but has been partially occupied by human settlements towering out of the landscape, full of Icelandic and Viking neo-futuristic architecture. Mm. I can picture it now. In this world, our first Gemini, Amy Schumer, is a celebrity mech pilot. 
she basically kind of plays a wine mom aesthetic. It's kind of like a Jack Sparrow thing where she's always a little bit tipsy, but she still rocks and kicks ass at her job of being an Evangelion pilot. You couldn't help but put (laughs) Amy Schumer as your star. (laughs) She's not the star. The apple of your eye. Oh, she's the surprise villain? She's not the star. She's just not the main character. Uh, She does like uh, morning show appearances and is always at work or passed out on her couch because Mm -hmm. she works hard and she plays hard. She's like the star of this universe. Mm -hmm. And why does this planet need mech pilots, you ask me, Adrian? Mm -hmm. Because the one thing that's stopping expansion of human settlements and the biggest risk to the currently existing cities is the massive Norse-inspired monsters that roam the landscape. Mm -hmm. We're talking massive wolves. Tree trolls as big as buildings, sea and land serpents, eight-legged horses, swarms of coordinated ravens that fight as a flock, ice giants, etc. Mm-hmm. All these things would be like a little bit more alien-looking to make it clear that they didn't evolve on Earth. Mm-hmm. And who are these all- played by? What? Who are these played by? Or are these all CGI? I was thinking that if there were like a more like witchy sort of uh monster it could be played by the olsen twins who are uh gemini's both of them yeah well (laughs) Uh, come on now (laughs) our plot centers on amy schumer's son tom holland Mm. he's fresh out of cadet school and the youngest in a new class of pilots for berserker grade mechs previously there had been about like a handful of mech pilots anywhere from two to five in commission across the whole planet at any time. But this new class would see hundreds of cheaper, quicker, smaller, and more scalable mechs across the planet. The idea being that a more expendable set of low-cost mechs will see better results than a few powerful but extremely costly mechs. So your movie's about government uh, funding and (laughs) city (laughs) allowances? Actually, no. No. It's more of a living in your parents' shadow film. Oh, okay. Uh, Tom Holland is entering boot camp for this new class of mechs, and everyone knows his mom because she's world famous. Uh, Aquafina, another Gemini, is one of the other students in the boot camp, and she's kind of. Does like she the... do a does she do a fake black scent in this movie? Or she is kind of the comedic relief character. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Emily Ratajkowski plays another friend who's more of an ass kicker type. Mm. Angelina Jolie. How's she going to do that with a broken heart? <laughs> Angelina Jolie is an ex-mech pilot who retired and is now training the new class. She absolutely hates Amy Schumer's flippantness for the job and her celebrity status as a pilot. She believes pilots, also called Vikings in this world, should be stoic mm. and serious, kind of unknown in the public. Damn. Wait, who was that? There's again? a uh, Angelina Jolie. Uh, Angelina. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. There's a pretty thinly veiled anger about being forced into retirement played into her resentment for Tom Holland as well. Mm. She has a gnarly scar down her face, and obviously that means she she treats Tom Holland's character like shit and makes him work extra hard in this school and is sabotaging mm, but it his makes career him as a pilot, and it only makes him stronger. Other teachers include Gemini's Peter Dinklage and Nicole Kidman. They play this duo of ex-pilot that want to see Tom succeed and help him improve and overcome Angelina Jolie's over-the-top demands for excellence in a training montage. Okay. This is where 
I kind of didn't know where to take the story, but I think the third act would be revolved kind of around of a crisis of uh, Amy Schumer's mech being overextended and deployed too often, Mm. getting downed far out in a tundra during a winter storm. And he has to go save her? And our three berserkers have to be deployed before they're completely prepped in their boot camp on a mission through a mega storm to recover her before she's caught and destroyed by monsters. Damn. Director Ryan Coogler, Gemini Ryan Coogler, because I thought he did a really good job with the world building using sort of like a cultural aesthetics from other places in America, uh, in uh, in Black Panther, I really mm-hmm. liked like the uh, the way he built out Wakanda and the way he used like the what were the like ice tribes? You remember those? The like kind of like uh, the one tribe who uh, oh you never watched the movie? I watched it in theaters. <clears throat> anyway, Don't I liked know. a lot of what he did with that movie with the world. Building. Ice boys, is that what so they're called? Think, ice climbers. <laughs> so I think he could do the same thing. I put writer Lana Wachowski. Of, oh, okay. Uh, Matrix fame. Mm-hmm. And music by Kendrick Lamar and Paul McCartney. Ooh. Ooh, together? Yeah. I Is mean, that also Paul McCartney's Black worked with hip hop artists before. He's okay. made it work. He's worked right. with Rihanna. He's worked with Kanye. Mm. Is Kanye a gem? Yeah. And you didn't put him in the movie? I, I don't think it'd be good for the box office. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. That's the only reason. I see. And also, I stand against his beliefs. Okay, uh, that sounds uh, that sounds like a good ass movie. Yeah. What are we doing? Like PG R and C seventeen? I was I was thinking a, a more mature aesthetic, but not not R. Maybe a PG thirteen with like a couple. So you only of use points. one F slur. Yeah. Wait, F slur, <laughs> F word. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna have a lot of F slurs. <laughs> that makes sense. I did also, not to be too woke about it, I did like that when I thought of this, I was like, there's never been a, like, overshadowed by your parent movie where the main parent was, it was a mother-son relationship. And I did like Mm. trying to tackle that and see how that was different than the typical father-son overshadowed by your parent relationship. Now that you've admitted that, good luck getting the conservatives to watch this one. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. what was the name of your movie? I didn't have a name. No, okay. Uh, Gemini Rising. Okay. I thought you were just going to do the plot to Gemini, man. <laughs> Which I definitely know what that is. I have no idea. Also, did you stick to five actors? I feel like you'd listed at least seven. <laughs> I might have got over. Damn it. <laughs> I, was, I, had, I had some like heartbreaking choices to make to keep it to five. <laughs> I didn't know that was a part of it. Um, Randall Park should have been in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> he had to get cut out. He can be in your movie as a bit player as, uh, as, uh, Fuck That's Delicious's dad. Wait, no, not Fuck That. It's Straight Off the Boat's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck That's Delicious. <laughs> Isn't that, like, Action Bronson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. It's definitely I mean, not Action Bronson. They were two Vice food shows. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't actually watch a lot of randall park stuff but he is one of those celebrities where like i would be sad if i found out so he was mean to a waiter once <laughs> he just looks like such a nice guy <laughs> he does have a very very friendly face yeah uh all right you ready for my movie yes uh mine is not as creative mine's a little bit more it's not gonna have a lot of visual effects it's more of kind of like a you know 
early 2010s kind of comedy. So I'll just uh, I'll read this out. Uh, here's the plot synopsis. Um, so leading character, Anya Taylor-Joy. You know, when I saw her, I was like, well, she's got to be in my movie. You know what I mean? Just so I can beat her. <laughs> just so I can shoot my shot. So Anya, a Los Angeles real estate agent, proposes to her boyfriend, Paul Rudd, and he accepts. She doesn't have any close male friends to share the news with, only family and mainly female acquaintances. After overhearing his friend's concern over wait, wait, her- Wait, 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 wait. Is this I love you, man, but gender swapped? No, this is an original idea. Oh, okay. Also, you're not worried about this age gap offending people? Paul Rudd and Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah. As long as they're both hot, people don't seem to care too much. Alrighty. After overhearing his friend's con- or uh, her- yeah. After overhearing his friend's concerns <laughs> over her lack of guy friends, Anya decides oh, she needs so to find. Okay, okay. Anya decides she needs to find some to ha- some guy friends to have a best man for her wedding. Anya turns to her gay younger brother, Lil Nas X, for advice on meeting men. <laughs> he makes a series of overtures towards various men, including Jake Paul, who shares my birthday, April first. Uh, the persistently hot-headed husband of Paul Rudd's friend. Cha- Follow Rudd's friend, Chance the Rapper. This is a cameo appearance from our soundtrack person. Uh, Jake Paul doesn't like Anya too much, a problem which only escalates when Anya, after winning a beer drinking contest, inadvertently projectile vomits on Jake Paul. Feeling rejected, Anya is about to give up when at an open house at Mark Ruffalo's mansion, which she is trying to sell, she meets Jackie Chan, an investor who is attending the show to pick up divorced women and take advantage of the free food. They quickly become friends, bonding over their mutual adoration of progressive electronic band 100 Gex. Anya induces <laughs> Anya introduces Jackie Chan to Paul Rudd at their engagement party, but unfortunately, a nervous Jackie Chan makes a very awkward toast, which includes veiled encouragement for Paul Rudd to perform oral sex on Anya more often. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of the movie I don't want to give away, but you know, I think there's you some. Could use a fun scene where. Jackie Chan and Anya Taylor-Joy are going to get fish tacos. I think that could be, like, a weirdly... That happens earlier in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, there's a part where Anya Taylor-Joy, when she's talking about how much she loves 100 Gax, is talking about how you gotta slap in the bass. They they go to a 100 Gax concert, too, at a certain point. I, I, I didn't write out the whole, you know... I'm going to leave it there for, I think you guys can kind of get where it's going. There's going to be, you know, some misunderstanding. Wait, apparently. is the original problem that she doesn't have enough female friends? How is Jackie Chan going to solve that problem? What? No, she doesn't have enough male friends. She doesn't have a best man. Oh, she... <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> um, it's going to be uh, written Wait, by... What? Why does she need a best man and not a best woman? Or not a bridesmaid? Because she's allowed to have a best man. I don't know why you're putting her in a box. Okay, but she's just not concerned at all about having a maid of honor. She's concerned no. about... Okay. <laughs> That's never explained in the movie. Does it need to be? It. <laughs> so, so. That, that doesn't need to... That needs to be explained, but the fact that Little Nas X is her gay younger brother <laughs> doesn't need to be... That doesn't need any explaining. I assumed he was adopted. He's not. <laughs> save mother, save father. <laughs> they just really shuffled the genetic deck. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, I would literally kill someone to have this movie made. <laughs> um, it's written. I haven't been to Hollywood. Whose dick do I need to fuck to have this movie made? 
Um, the music is, as I said, by Chance the Rapper, so it's going to have a little spiritual element to it. It's going to be really nice. Um, we oh. might also let Jackie Chan do some of his <laughs> songs that are big in China. <laughs> we'll see. You can get really get that market cornered. Um, it'll be written by fellow Aries, Seth Rogen. Um, and it'll be directed by the Dream Team, a.k.a. Seth Rogen and Al Gore. <laughs> and that's my movie and i don't want to get awoke about it but i do like this gonna be the first movie where one of the main <laughs> characters talks about how a husband needs to eat out his wife more often <laughs> or a fiance <laughs> oh my god i think it's gonna be a fun romp for the whole family obviously nc-17 i'm gonna have a lot of sex scenes with Ani taylor joy and fall run all right big facts no cap yeah you don't have anything else to say about my movie I I'm I'm for it. I would I would work so hard to have that made. And I would pay a matinee price ticket to see your movie on a cheap movie Tuesday. Yeah, that's about what it deserves. I was just I'm sorry. I you know I saw Trainwreck. I just don't know if Amy Schumer's a, a lead like that. she's not. <laughs> Tom a Holland lead. Why certainly do you keep is mixing her up with a lead. Because I know how you're gonna write it. <laughs> I know how you and who was your writer? <laughs> the Matrix person. <laughs> Lana Wachowski. Yeah. yeah. I know how y'all are going to write it. I think she would play a great wine mom. Yeah. I mean, it does, honestly. The plot's kind of cool. You can tell you've read a lot of sci-fi in your age, in your day. I also really like the idea of Dorf-style kaiju. I don't think that's been done before. I really was, like, excited when I thought of that. I was like, oh, that would be cool. Yeah. So, wait, is part of your movie not that Tom Holland is, like, the son of Amy Schumer and Thor? No. It doesn't get mystical like that. Not till the sequels. That's when you find out he's half Fenrir. Also, I, it's been done a little, but like Nor- Neo North and like uh, sci fi uh, Nordic stuff, it's, I guess like one of the biggest things to do it was the Thor movies, and they did it in a really like shiny, kitschy way. Like, I think there's a more grimy way to do it and make it kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I feel about Asgard in um, the Marvel movies is like, there's no way that place isn't way more rapey. Also, it's so shiny. Like, I like. Can you, we get like some regular-looking metals that aren't like blinding my eyes every time a sunbeam hits them? But it's a gay movie, Paul. Can we get some pipes and shit around here? Like, why is everything like a solid? It's the steel gayest wall? movie since Paris is Burning. I've been saying that. <laughs> I've been saying that. <laughs> Taika, anything Taika Waititi, a straight man touches, is the gayest thing I've ever seen. Mm-mm-mm. All right, now I'm ready for a big fact. No, Cap, now that you spit that big fact. Big fact. It's not that right, hard to write Hollywood movies. I think we wrote two hits right here, right now. Why are these people getting paid so much? Give mm. it to us. And my no cap is sometimes when you come up with a completely original idea <laughs> for a movie, you do have to update some references like Lou Ferrigno. No one knows that person, so you have to use Mark Ruffalo. And then, of course, Rush, who knows what that is anymore, so... Uh, you had to change it to 100 gex. Oh, yeah. Who do you say the dog looks like now that Mobar Gaddafi is dead? That, it, well, that was a niche reference. For, is that in that movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Lou Ferrigno walking around. I don't know why they see a dog and he's like, it looks like Mobar Gaddafi. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that one. You're keeping, We're keeping that, that reference in. Yeah, that one's still fresh. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, is that it? SNL ending? <laughs> I don't think we can do that twice in a row. Bye, buddy. <laughs> Bye.
Your lover see the stranger in your 